Hey, Ipsy Stories listeners. What you are about to listen to is part two of a two-part episode featuring an interview with Lee Osler about his musical life in Ypsilanti. If you haven't already listened to the first part yet, I definitely recommend checking it out first. It's the episode called Back to Ypsilanti with Lee Osler, part one, in your podcast feed or on the podcast webpage, which is ipsylibrary.org slash ipsy stories. In the first part, we learned about the local music scene when Mr. Osler was in his teens and 20s, the beginnings of the legendary Black Arts Festival, and the state of downtown Ypsilanti in the early 80s. After you listen to that, come back here and listen to this second part where we'll learn about the development of the Back to Ypsilanti song from Mr. Osler, the song for which he is most well-known, Lee Osler and the Ipsy City Band, and its connections to fundraising to restore the Rutherford Pool in Recreation Park, other songs composed by Mr. Osler, including songs for other cities, his musical life after the success of Back to Ypsilanti, and his musical family. If you are all caught up, simply listen on for the second part of our interview with Lee Osler. What's that? What I just did? Yeah. You got one more just to make sure that oh, sure. we have a good one. Okay. Because I'm afraid that he loves my Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll oh, yeah. we'll get we'll back. We'll I'm going to cut out the other mic. So oh, yeah. So we'll get yeah. that feed in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So give me one more in one second. Oh, wow. That was a surprise, huh? Yeah, I got All right. When you're ready. All right. Let me out of stand. Can I stand up? Yeah. I, don't, I, I think it might actually be better. Yeah. Yeah. Hi there, my name is Shoshana, and I'm a librarian at the Ypsilanti District Library. Welcome to the library's podcast, Ipsy Stories. Ipsy Stories is a podcast about the history of Ypsilanti, told in story form by historians, academics, community members, and local experts. This podcast seeks to unearth stories and perspectives that may be new to you and are often unheard. Our hope is that by listening to these episodes, you'll gain better understanding of our collective past, present, and future. The views expressed by each guest are their own and do not represent the views of the library. This episode was special not only in terms of its guest, but in many other aspects as well. First of all, through our partnership with a local music show on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, we were able to borrow Shelley Salant, longtime host of the local music show, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Detroit music scene stalwart, and music interviewer extraordinaire, both on the local music show, as well as in publications including the Detroit Metro Times. Our recording space, Ziggy's, a music venue in downtown Ypsilanti, was lent to us by David Jeffries. The expert engineering was done by Ypsilanti District Library paraprofessional Scott Marlowe. And you will also hear Mr. Osler's son, Washington Osler, in this episode. But anyway, I was um, uh, being in, uh, trying to write songs, you know, and oh, I got this melody in my head and blah, 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 and I'm trying to write it down and a lot of people don't take you serious. You know, everybody's laughing or somebody putting it down. What'd you write this song about Ipsy for? You know, yeah. this kind of stuff. Ipsy ain't, you know. Yeah. And uh, a couple of cuss words and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> but when I walked downtown, I was a, um, a big eater of Terry's Bakery. I was okay. there all the time, you know, getting me <laughs> some donuts. <laughs> 
And I looked at downtown, and it was nothing going on. I mean, there was hardly a car parked on the street. I'm like, wow. When when was this? Uh, I was about. This is an eighty. I say around eighty eighty one. 1981, because, you know, after rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. Because I used to always trying to get the lyrics right and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, I noticed how there was nothing going on in the street. I said, wow, because, I mean, you, you see the newspapers. At that time, they had Ypsilanti Press. Yep. Their own newspaper. And um, they would um, talk about downtown this or politics. I wasn't really into that kind of stuff, but I saw how whatever was happening in the city wasn't good, you know what I mean? And then I went back to adult ed. I mm-hmm. was telling you in 82, I was laid off at Hydromatic. I was working at Hydromatic. I couldn't stand Hydromatic. What is Hydromatic? I'm not familiar. Hydromatic Transmission Place they, is a GM plant over oh, here. Okay. Ipsy Township area off the expressway by West Willow area. Okay. They were greasy, oily, nasty. The plant was, oh my gosh, all you had to do was step in the door and you smell transmission fluid and it get in your clothes. So once you step in the door, you go out the door, you smell like oil. You didn't have to be involved in nothing. It's that much in the air. Yeah. And so there was a lot of people that was breathing this stuff in and, you know, I guess people looked at it like, if it ain't hurting him, it ain't hurting me, I guess. You know, yeah. because I used to always, he used to want, my uh, supervisor always wanted me to do stupid stuff like loan me out to the case line and then I'm over here cutting my hands on the sharp edges uh, of the case. You know, the case yeah. line was the case of the transmission. Okay. The big bubble-like thing to be sitting up underneath there, under the engine. And... um they made transmission and transmission parts. So after I worked there on midnights all the time, this is his two sisters. They were, see, Nicole was born in 83, and Lawanda was in 79. So Lawanda was the only one around at that time. When I started doing the song, I didn't start the song until after I got laid off from the plant. Okay. And I was forced to go back to school because me and my wife had uh, his mom. We had to go in um, to the DHS office mm-hmm. to get food stamps and all that because I'm laid off now yep. and we need help and all this kind of stuff. And they said, um, you either work a job that we'll send you to that you had no control of, you know, I mean, you yeah. might not want that job, but you're going to work it if you want these stamps. Or you can go back to school and get your high school diploma. So I said, okay, because I really didn't care for school either. But I went back, and I decided to do that when I thought that would be better. And then I get my high school diploma too, but that's what happened. I went and signed up at the old adult ed, but they had all these other classes, and it was like, it was like uh, at that time when I was going, it was more like, I don't know if you remember this TV program that used to come on, uh, what is it, Room 222 or something like that? I'm not familiar. Was, or Fame. Okay. You remember yeah. Fame? Yeah. Okay, the school was kind of like Fame. That sounds fun. Yeah, because they had all kind of ages. And this is adult ed, so you had, I might go to school with somebody that was 90 that never had a high school diploma that wanted to come back, and then somebody that got kicked out at age 16 or 17, so they had different ages at mm-hmm. the adult ed. But these people that were allowed to come that weren't adult ed had to act like adults, so they would be kicked out, you know right. what I mean, this kind of thing. And uh, I met this lady named Jackie Ehlers, who had these classes, and she had everybody introduce themselves, you know, so they everybody would kind of get to know them and tell them what they do or did. And I told them I was a songwriter and all this kind of stuff. And I used to work at the plant and all that. And she says, well, good. Maybe one day you'll bring one of your songs in. Do you have any tapes or what? I said, yeah. And so I bought a, a song in one day, and it was a Slatty song. And it was that one that I told you. That, that was the original song that became the Ipsy song. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> so what was the original song like? 
original song had a little tick tick box you know the, i don't know if you know about the four tracks at those days yeah it's a little tick they keep you the beat and then yeah. you add your own yeah. instrumentation but we yeah. only had like three instruments and then i was singing on it but basically the words were basically the same but it was the instrumentation was different but, but it was more laid back and they had a lot of politics going on up there i mean they had vote in on the song and all that kind of but so so was the song commissioned? Like, no, no, how, no. How did how did you what what well, was after I did I, after I showed this lady the song and she's oh that's a wonderful song and she had that, the uh, chorus class that I was in and so the whole chorus was singing the song. I oh was wow! Like, wow, my grandmother had mentioned it. Uh, her name was Mrs. Roach, Versa May Roach. She's attend council meetings all the time. Versa V R S A. P-E-R-S-A. Uh, M okay. for me. Now, what was your M for what, May? Mm-hmm. Who was your maiden name? Ham- Hamilton. You were a Hamilton. True, Hamilton. Okay. Now, you married a Roach. That's right. What was his first name? L.C. He called us a Lewis, but his name was L.C. L.C. Roach. She told me you ought to take it down to city council and see if they want to make a day song, you know, their city song, this kind of thing, so... I took it down there one day, and they put it on the table, and Jackie was with me because she was encouraging me to. And I didn't have an agent or manager at the mm-hmm. time. She said she never did that kind of job before, but she would attempt to do it, and she did it. It was uh, more of a on-the-job kind of training. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though I've been singing for years, I never got involved in the management part. You know, I was always... You know, back when I was in the Soulmates and Masterpiece, we had a manager, Hugh Lawrence, Johnny's father. We practiced it in their basement, too. All our clothes were cleaned and all this kind of stuff. And at Jackson Cleaners, or sometimes we had people that made our clothes. And we bought our own bus. We had an old school bus that we painted army green that we used to travel we used to have nothing but station wagons, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, you got the big drum set and everything sitting in the back, and everybody squeezed yeah. up, you know, to get, try to get to the show. <laughs> and it's like full, on full, all three of the cars, you know. But, but uh, that's how it was until we got our school bus, and then we had more room, and we took out the seats in the back to put our equipment and stuff like that. And we kept it up, and it, we was kind of, like, proud of our little bus. So you so you went to the city council meeting mm-hmm. and you brought the original version well, of the song, right? But we went to several meetings because we had people that wanted to squash it immediately, like Clyde King. I think he was the mayor at the time, Mayor Clyde King, and I remember him uh, saying we got better things to do with our money, you know. What I mean, then put it behind because I was trying to get them to do an Ipsy video. Oh, okay. You know, of the song, they weren't having it, even though. I took it down there and presented it to him, and it was a vote, you know. Yeah. Finally, they had a vote. Boy, I didn't think we did it, but she came out and said, oh, we did it. I said, what? I thought they said they, you know, didn't accept it. No, it passed. But a lot of people don't know, they left the door open to okay. say it's an, an official song, not the official song. Okay. So I got to go in there one day and make it the official song because it's too popular now. Yeah, I thought it was the official yeah. song. It's it an official song so that they can bring left the door open for others to bring their yeah, yeah. an official song too. So So was it still the first version of the song at this point? At this point no one heard it but the city council. Okay. And news reporters that were there and stuff yeah. like that. And I remember that next day they had it on the front page. It's Ypsilanti, ta-da! You know, they had yeah. a little right up in there and yeah. had a little artwork and uh after that i decided okay we gotta get it recorded because a lot of people haven't heard it yeah you know i mean we heard it at adult ed and stuff like that and i wanted to change a few things but i got with some guys on the other side of town on the south side and we uh rehearsed i mean a lot of times i had to rehearse with just in an individual just the bass player, yeah. or just the keyboard player, or just the guitar player, or just the drummer. Yeah. Uh, Julian Vanslyke is the drummer. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I am not. But uh, he was a younger, he was the youngest one, and he was very good. His hands are real fast. I like to hear him on the hi-hat. 
you know, he was, he could do it. You know, I, I can't do it, but his father, I talked to his father, because he lived right down the street from Chapel Elementary School that I went to and mm-hmm. on Wallace toward Michigan Avenue. But I went by there and uh, practiced with him and heard how he sounded. Because I was always the kind of guy that if I heard some music, it strike my ear. I might be walking down the street. I hear a boom, ta, 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 ta. who is that? Yeah. Well, where is this coming from? You know, and I go knock on the door like a dummy and want to find out. Like, can I get your name? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, that's how I find musicians, you know, because a lot of times uh, if you don't know the people, you know, especially if he's small. So, you know, you knew the people on your side of town, but what about all over the town? You know, yeah. I met a couple other guys like John Housley. He used to work at Cardi's Music. You remember Cardi's? Yeah. You should be right around the corner here. It's gone now. But I think the bus stop then took all that area out of there. But they were on that. Then there was Grinnell's used to be on this, on Michigan Avenue. We, there's a lot of things that left. I mean, you know, and times change. Yeah. Like T.C. Speakeasy, I used to go there every Thursday night, open mic night, you know, after work. Because I worked afternoons, you know, and I meet a lot of musicians in there. Just try to stay. There's so much yeah. history and so many things I did here. But when I went to the city council and after they made it the official song or an official yeah. song, got to get it recorded. Right. So we didn't have no money. So we started having meetings and we formed a group called Ypsilanti Pool and Song Incorporated. It was a nonprofit, but it was a way to make the public aware of the pool, Jesse Rutherford pool up here in recreation. It was defunct. It was, oh yeah, it was messed up. Nobody could use it. And it had to be repaired, $100,000, they said, is what they needed to get it back. And so we made the public aware by tying our song with the pool and we generated some funds. And as you know, the city council found $100,000 to get the, they found it somewhere hiding. Yeah. <laughs> because the public uh, wanted to get to the swimming pool. You know, a lot of people wanted to keep it down at that time because they didn't like the idea of the blacks coming in that neighborhood, you know, because it's more of a white neighborhood or yeah. Congress and all that. And at that time, keep it shut down, you know, so they can stay out of there, you know, because I understood both things, you know, you don't know, you don't know these people, they don't know you, you're a different color, we live in a different time, and people didn't mix well, you know, especially back in those days, if you knew, or if you saw someone white walking in your neighborhood, what are they doing over here, you know, this kind of thing, they don't normally come over here. Yeah person we saw white was the mailman maybe insurance man there was a guy used to drive a vegetable truck his name was Abe it's Abe Stein from uh, Detroit and they called him the vegetable man and he used to knock on the door vegetable man you have people come out and you got a truck full of vegetables and all you got to do is get what you want and he even gave you a tab you know, so oh. he came through periodically. My mom would go out there and get greens or corn or whatever. and Or other people. He'd be, I mean, he made a killing around here in Ipsy. But for years, uh, Abe had a truck. But now I'm getting into history instead of this song. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all interesting. But uh, yeah. so I, I had no idea that, you know, I'm familiar with the pool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, they fixed that it. there was a connection between the song and the pool. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you formed the nonprofit, mm-hmm. and then you recorded the song. Well, after we, we we started getting donations from different people that believed in what we were trying to do, and sometimes we had to put our own monies in, but we, I wanted a quality studio to do it, and they didn't have none around here. We had one 24-track studio in Ann Arbor called Solid Sound. Mm-hmm. And I think it was on Dexter Road or something like that. It's one of these dirt roads, but I remember going there a few times. But they had a nice studio, but the one I ended up going to was in Detroit. I mean, uh, Dearborn, called uh, Studio A. Out of, I think they might have changed the name to East Detroit or something now. It was in Dearborn Heights. Okay. 
and his name was Eric Morrison. He was in a group. I can't remember the name of the group, but he was he was a the engineer, and he was also a musician. So him and his wife Marilyn Morkinson, they still got the studio. Last time I went there, last about two summers, I stopped in there, and they still look like Eric and Marilyn. <laughs> I mean, she was the one to answer the phone or whatever, and they live right next door. Oh wow! So their house is next door, and. But they had this studio started off when we did the Ipsy song at their studio. It was in a garage. Okay. And at that time he grew, and then he got this like California-like studio. Oh wow! Next door in this big empty lot on the corner there, and uh, the whinings, all these other people. I sometimes see other people coming in when mm-hmm. I was coming out, or vice versa. I was always the because at that time I always always wear my handlebar mustache. And I guess people called me weird, right? But that's where the mustache came from. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So the 45 that came out with Zach Dipsilani on it, uh, the label is called Mustache Records. Right. So that was your label. Right, right. But, I mean, I had already recorded with the Masterpiece, and we had a label called Ipsy. Y-P-S-I. I think I've seen... A red label with yeah, black. I think I've seen one of those records before. So that, But I didn't know that that was yeah, connected that, to you. I was in the background. I didn't sing lead. Uh, was, it was called... Uh, the A, a is the main, song, the main side that people would probably play, and B would be the added song. Yeah. And Ypsilanti actually is the B song. I did notice that, yeah. And Tarnished Love Affair, because it was, that was the A song, because it's more of a commercial, worldly, kind of out there kind of song. private city thing yeah you know and only people would probably be interested in that people that live in the city or somebody just uh, been there before or something but it ended up ipsy became bigger than that song than the other song yeah you know yeah you know i uh just anecdotally i have played the ipsy back to ypsilanti song a, a few times i've dj'd in other cities mm-hmm. and i played it on like a like international internet radio station and every time i played it people are always like what is this oh really? yeah <laughs> i think i think it just it has a unique sound especially like the intro really gets your attention oh, yeah. and then you're just like what is well, what is that this? last because you know how you we start off one two three dun, 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 you yeah. know this kind of thing and uh I, something was missing i'm going like well i need yeah. a f- fanfare yeah, that's what I'll get their attention with the dun, 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 you know this kind of thing. <laughs> so did you did you play instruments on it? No, the only instrument I play is with my mouth. Okay. Now I might tell a guitar player, like the bass player that I hired when we first got together, he wanted to do his own thing. You know, he wanted. Oh, man, I, I yeah. feel this. You know, yeah. man, I don't want you to feel it. I want you to play what I want you to play. Yeah. And I'm going boom, 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 you know. Yeah. Man, that ain't nothing. I said, man, look, I like the way you play. That's the reason why I asked you to record with me. But if you're not going to give me what I want, I got to let you go. Yeah. And he said, okay. You know, then he wants to play ball. But I'm just saying, a lot of times when you're writing a song and if you let other people interject, it becomes their song too. Yeah. So you got to be careful of that, too. You know, sometimes I give people, okay, I'll give you a little play. But most of the time, you got to play what I want you to play. Yeah. And I remember I had a keyboard player on Tarnas Love Affair that I asked him to do a, a little lead run, you know, for uh, just to go off and do your own yeah. thing. He couldn't do it. So I ended up whistling. Yeah. I said, man, come on. I, I mean, I did it on the spot. So. Yeah. And I started whistling, then I harmonized with the other whistle. Oh, okay. You know, this kind of thing, so it made it fuller. But that's how the whistle came on, the uh, because he couldn't do his thing. Either that or he was intimidated. I didn't understand because he didn't act like that. Because he was the, 
I think he was from Detroit. His name is Lawrence Robinson. Okay. But I met him at Eastern Michigan. He was going to school up there, and I'd go up to his place, and he said he would play. But he was kind of, I think he didn't think he was good enough. Oh, okay. You know, this kind of thing. He wasn't as confident like the other guys, you know. So I'm sorry I had to take, because, you know, back in the day, studio time. Yeah, you got to make it count. And you can charge $128 an hour. And we didn't have a lot of money. We usually yeah. always book up maybe two hours at a time. Yeah. So you got to, got to. Then we got to wait another yeah. couple of weeks to come back to redo. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, I'm playing this song a thousand times, trying to get the other part ready. So when yeah. I go back in or with the vocals or whatever, and we can lay that track. But he used to always call, Eric always called me one take ostler because we're going to do this one time because we don't have time to be wasting in the studio yeah. <laughs> waiting on you to get your part right. So you better practice over and over. I used to watch it. See, like to me, they tried to waste time, like drag. Come on, man. You know, I got you. I got you. You know, because I don't want him to say time is up. Yeah. You got to go. And you over here taking five minutes to answer the phone. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know. so how, so like how many people played on it? Uh, actually, I see it was Petey Williams on lead rhythm guitar, Oliver Wade, he was from Detroit on bass, Julian Vanslyke on drums, Lawrence Robinson on keys, and uh, Eric Morganson on synthesizer. Oh, okay. And then background was me and Dawn Roberson. Okay. She's out of Ipsy, and she's a singer around here too, but we, she's a singer, me and the Soulmates of Masterpiece. Can I ask a question? I, I, I've been... You know, heard a song for plenty of years. Uh, right. <laughs> and um, at the end, you know, when it's like multiple men's voices, you know, going back to Ipsy. Oh, yeah. Who was that? Well, that's all the guys. I, I asked them, PD, me. Some of the guys seem like they lip sing instead of coming out with the, yeah. <laughs> with the voice, the sound. Them, but you can hear PD real good. Yeah, I, I was curious about that too, because you can hear you in the background, but I couldn't tell if there was other, if it was all you or no, other a couple guys. Of, I too. asked the guys, yeah. uh, "Hey man, can y'all do this?" Ipsy, going back to Ipsy, and what makes it bad? I did that on the spot too. It just suddenly can do that, you know. He said, "You got another background part? Yeah, I want to put this in there right quick, and we do that, maybe dub it twice." But uh, yeah, that was the guys in the band and me doing the Ipsy going back to Ipsy part. So after you recorded it, mm-hmm. did you guys perform the song? Yeah, uh, we performed it first, I believe, at Adult Ed, you okay. know, with the choir. Wow, so the was, whole choir. It was different. It was different. It's like maybe 25 or 30, no, it might be more than that, maybe 35 to 40 choir members that she had. I mean, different ages in her choir, but they took it serious because she was serious and they would sing the back to Ypsilanti you know I got all these recordings at home you know from back in the day I got a lot of recordings I mean from different a lot of musicians done past now like Michael Lewis the guy that I did the original song with Tony Walker he died Pam Brown used to sing with me and the soulmate she died recently I think last year but, you know, through time, it's been so Martin Simmons, oh, gosh. Yeah. And the, these were the people that we just jailed. You know, you got musicians that jail. Yeah, and, that, that's just how it and is. And they fit, and they know you, and you know them. And then you got these other musicians that, I got to do it again with you? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we done did this ten times, you know, yeah. or whatever. You know, but some people work well. And then you got some, but see, I always, the kind of person, I always believe that if you can talk, you can sing. And, but you got to have an ear. That's the key. If you don't have an ear, if you can't hear, how are you going to sing it? But I figured that if you can talk, you can sing. Now, you don't heard people talk. You learn how to talk when you was a kid, you know, coming up, you know, dad, dad, and all that kind of stuff from a baby. And so I'm figured if you can hear the words and you can talk, but Grady showed me that is not it. You gotta have an ear. <laughs> you tone deaf, oh, you're yeah. not gonna hear it. I mean, I'd say, hey, 
back to Ypsilanti or something like that. You know what he say? I'm like, wow, man, you can't hear that. You know, I hit the note, dun, 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 stay on this note, you know, on the keyboard. Because his mom bought him a piano. And we back there, I'm trying to get him right. Everybody's always messing with me. He said, man, your boy Grady got to go, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you got to tell him because they, they want to do something professional. And this guy is our bad link. So did you have to tell, did you tell him? I was supposed to, but somehow a guy worked it out. <laughs> because when I went to go tell him, Everybody, man, it's up to you. You got to tell him. It's like the day, right? So I give I see him down the street. He called my name, and I walked up to him. Say, man, you know. He said, man, let me tell you, I got to, I don't know. He couldn't have got wind because they called me up. But he says to me, he says, uh, man, I'm not going to be able to stay with the group. You know, also my ears go, what? Uh, yeah. You know, he said, yeah, man, because he was a real good wrestler. Oh, okay. And he's getting ready to go to college for wrestling him and his the rice brothers they were real good at ipsy high they took state all the time yeah. that saved it he told me he couldn't stay with the group and i didn't have to tell him anything i was that's so good. glad i mean because that would have hurt what his a feelings. Relief, yeah. I, you know I, they, that's your boy you bought yeah. him in you gotta tell him you know yeah. and so he told me that and i'm going wow god must have did that because I didn't have nothing. I didn't even have to open my mouth. You know, he told yeah. me. So I went back and they said, did you tell him? No, he told me. He said, okay, good. But then they replaced him with a guy named Jack Lee that was in another group called uh, Jack Lee and the Bossa Novas. And then they changed the name to the Golden Masonics. But he was a real good singer. And this was the masterpiece? No, this or was Soulmates. Soul okay. Right. He Soulful took Grady's Soulmates. place, right. This is when we first started yeah. you know, as singing in my mother's backyard, because my mom stay in the yard, this kind of thing, you know, I always had to stay in the yard. Man, I can't leave the yard, you know. <laughs> so everyone had to come over to the yard Yeah, and so we're in my backyard, and uh, over on Ainsworth Circle, by that little lilac bush, because the lilac used to smell good. I mean, it's a nice little bush back there, to, you know, always changing colors and all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> I like that bush. I used to break off Mama Bush to bring her flowers, and she mad because I don't broke her bush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but being the only boy, it wasn't all that easy. You know what I mean? You said you had four sisters? Yeah, and my mom had left my dad, so uh, I didn't have no father figure or imitator. You know? Yeah. Uh, most guys, I don't know about other people, but they got to do what I did. They don't have a father. They got to look around in the village and imitate who I like what he do, so I'll try to imitate that. Or oh, I like what his dad did, and I'll try to. One guy, I like his whistling, and that's how I learned to whistle. I, I didn't know, I couldn't whistle. And he's always be out in the yard working. And he didn't know I was right next door sitting on the curb talking about, <laughs> trying to do the whistle. And one day it came out, and I said, I got it. You know, but I'm just that's saying, cool. uh, I believe most boys, when they don't have a father around, they find somebody to imitate. Yeah. Because when you hear the word, be a man, be a man, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, okay, uh, I already got that I'm a man, I mean, or a young man coming yeah. up to be. But how you just be a man? You just, I'm already a man, child. Yeah. But you got to have somebody to imitate. Mama ain't no man, you know, and mama did good, but... See, that's why I always try to stay active in my, my kids' life because I want them to know their dad. I didn't know my dad because my mom left him when I was yeah. two. So Grady's father was one, one of the people I tried to imitate, Mr. Ginyard, Mr. Richardson. There were plenty of guys in the Navy. That's when they, you know how they say a village raised a child? Yeah. That's that village concept, you know, that yeah. uh, if you ain't got one at home, then you're going to find one a uh, few of the guys in the, in the village to imitate. Yeah. Were they good or bad? So what? So when you released the record, what was the response like at the time? Most people liked it. I'd say I had a few people that shot it down, but those are people. The way I looked at them, they always shooting everything down. Yeah. So you know, I didn't. You know, it, it didn't bother me. But it sometimes. You had friends that you counted on to say that they liked it or whatever. I had a few tears in my eyes just because they dogged me out that tough about the song. 
yeah. yeah. You know, uh, from your peers, uh, people yeah. that you associate with. You know, I had to get away from there because they was hurting my feelings. <laughs> you know. Uh, but were you d- performing the song? I performed it. Like I said, the first time we did it was with the choir. Oh yeah, you did. And say then that. I got with the Ipsy City Band that I ended up naming them, which was Petey Williams, Nate Wilson on keyboards, Gary Brown on drums. Gary is deceased now. Michael Lewis on guitar, and myself. So I didn't have a lot of backup vocals. You know, every now yeah. and then, I, did, I always had problems getting people to sing with me. And a lot of times, Jackie would tell me that she thought they were intimidated by me, so they didn't want to sing with me. But I, I, I found that hard because they sing with everybody else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so and why not me? So, so you also started doing art yeah. at this, around the same time. We did a lot of art props for the stage when we got ready to, you know, like painting the door. And then they put a big cardboard door or a window or whatever, and they mm-hmm. tie it to the curtains on the stage or whatever. And I started painting with that paint, what they call that, tempera. Yeah. That was the name of it, right. Yeah, but we use a lot of that kind of stuff. And I got interested in it, got like all these colors. And when I went home, it kept me contained. I started doing a lot of drawing and stuff, you know. Uh, like I draw things in the house or mom sleep. That's me? Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I was young, but they were at the time, you know how uh, back in the day, your mom probably, they probably don't do it now, but they got, they had stockings, lady stockings. They always had this white board in there. Oh, yeah. Like a card. It was kind of thick and nice to write on. Yeah. <laughs> I love those things. I mean, I used to, back in the yeah. day, you know, because paper was hard to find unless you was at school and they wouldn't give it out no paper. You know? Yeah. But um, that's when I started painting and drawing. I did some at Adult Ed because I had when I had art class there. Yeah. So you're always doing art as well as music. Yeah, even today. If it ain't music, it's art. You know, I get bored with one thing, and then I drop that and uh, pick up another. But if a song is bothering me, I call it bothering me because it's in my head and I got to get it out. Yeah. And sometimes I used to always carry one of those little microcomputer things. Yeah. Are you singing? Like I'm, yeah. if I'm at yeah. work, you know, I'm, I'm at work, I'm out in the parking lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever. You know, keep that idea. Yeah. Because, uh, see, I wasn't a notation dude. And by me not being able to notate, I had to record a lot of stuff. Right. So um, I'm the same way. I know the notes now, but I'm still like racing that. That's wrong. Yeah. You know, and I ain't going there. It take too long. So yeah. So, where can people see some of your paintings? Someone mentioned that there's some at the Park Ridge Community Center. Oh yeah. Uh, it's at Park Ridge over there on Armstrong. I can't remember the address, but corner of Armstrong and Harriet, 40 by 40, I believe, or 30 by 40 art that I did for uh, Mr. Barfield that commissioned me to do these for the Ypsilanti history, people that made history in Ypsilanti that were black at the time, so, before they passed. So. Very cool. Uh, do, you, do you mostly do portraits or all I kinds do all of stuff. All kinds of stuff, but that's that's what they wanted me to do was portraits at that time. Yeah, I do. I do whatever I can do. <laughs> you know, sometimes abstract, sometimes yeah. just a building or a yard or a stream or you know a scenic area or whatever. Yeah. But lately, portraits has been what everybody wanted from me. So. Right on. So there's a couple other things I wanted to ask you about. Shoshana was saying that when she talked to you on the phone that you mentioned there were some songs for other cities. Oh, yeah, I wrote to Ann Arbor is the place to be. I won the Composer Exposure Contest there. I think they set it up for a fat. Did you remember the singing plumber? I don't know the singing plumber. Fat Bob Taylor? You never heard of him? I don't know about okay, him. Okay, he was a guy that was a plumber. He was more in the classical kind of music but to me it was set up for him to win but my song beat him out 
the lady, <laughs> the lady said, my song was more hummable, more memorable. His style was more like a um, Frank Sinatra, Je- uh, oh, okay. like pop name? classic. Sammy Davis kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So your song, so when was this that you made the Ann Arbor this song? This is 87. Okay. Do you have a recording of that one still? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, just me and a compass. Crystal Davis? No. Well, what's her name? Crystal Harding. She's a choir director at Ipsy High, and she plays, she has choirs all over the place. Anyway, she played for me. Carol Coleman, she's passed now, but these are the two people I use as accompanists on the Ann Arbor song. But I performed it at the um, Afterglow or something. Yeah, I did a song for Detroit called I Love Detroit. I got a recording of that. Detroit is going into a brand new day, yeah. We love Detroit. You love Detroit. I love Detroit because it's my home. It's where I have fun. And when I'm not home, my fondest memories are Detroit. You said you did one for Belleville, too? Belleville, yeah. All roads lead to Belleville. Wow, I'd love to hear those songs. Yeah, that was more like a country song. See, I I write songs, like I told you, because of years ago, I going to sleep with the radio on, I got programmed with all kind of chord progressions in my library. Yeah. In my mind. So I could, it's not hard for me to write in different styles or no songs sound the same. So you did these other city songs. Mm-hmm. I even did one called The Best Place to Be is Wichita, Kansas. Oh, wow. Wichita, Kansas, Ann Arbor is the place to be. I love Detroit. All roads lead to Belleville. Wow. Uh, back to Ypsilanti, and that's about it as far as... Then I started... See, I was reading a book about songs that changed the world. Mm-hmm. So I decided to write this song called One God, One World. Because I always, when I, whenever I looked in the Bible and I'm studying the Bible, it always talked about, and God said this, or God did this, not the gods. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or that you hear in these. Like the superheroes? Like, the stuff? Gods like stuff superheroes, like that. right. They yeah. said the gods. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no matter what, some people call them Allah or yeah. whatever. They always speak of one. So he might have had many names, but it's still one. So I, I, all I did was say there's one. I didn't say what his name was. So I ain't yeah. going through all the argument yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to go there. But yeah. I did. That's what I did when I wrote that song. I had to, in mind to try to change the world. I don't know what yeah. I was thinking about. But it came to me when I saw all these people on this stage that were from different countries at Adult Ed when he was doing different programs. Vietnamese, Egypt, Korea, Africa, all these different people, and they were just getting along just fine. And smiling, I said, wow. And I got, I don't know, sometimes songs seem like they're being given to me. Because the whole song, it'll come to me like in five minutes and it's done. You know me as far as I can change the lyrics, but the melody and the main foundation of the song is it came in my mind some kind of way, and yeah. I tried it. That's why I always try to record it so I won't lose it. It's a very powerful song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But after I got to thinking about it, because uh, it has a lot of, um, you know, I got different countries saying one God in their language. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we we love to hear that too.
did you continue to perform through the 80s and 90s and stuff? Yeah, I did a lot of stuff. Like, I used to do a lot of cover stuff like Prince and Michael Jackson mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You know, whatever that was the top 40s, we try to stay in that realm because people like to hear songs that they familiar with. Yeah. And, of, of course, I always took the Ypsilanti song with me. Yeah. And that would be like our last song, We're Going Back to Ypsilanti, you know, this kind of yeah. thing. So you have a lot of kids, right? You have, like, mm-hmm. what, like 11 kids or something? Mm-hmm. Did did your kids get into music? Did did your dad have you guys doing music stuff when you were coming up? I think he tried to nurture it, you know, a little bit in us because, like he always says, you know, music is in you because we come from him and, you know, it's just, it's, it's in us, you know. Yeah. It, and it, it shows to be true, you know, because me, I, I mean, I, t- I went to college, you know, at Carroll University, and uh, I took a voice class, and the guy was telling me, you know, I could probably be on Broadway if I really wanted wow. to be. Uh, but I didn't, oh, really? I didn't really take it serious or uh you know have that much confidence in myself to i mean i played football and that's why i went to school that's not the reason why of course but and even when i got to school you know a friend of mine you know he introduced me to uh to making beats and stuff and i didn't really know how good i was until you know i didn't know it was in me like that so but then you know we got i got siblings you know sister that she's more confident and outgoing you know with the her singing ability yeah she's she's really good and then you know got Two younger brothers that love to, you know, sing and make music and, you know, do their thing. And, yeah, so. You guys ever do stuff together with the family? I'll try together? See, my patience is very short. Okay. I'll try and say, come on, try it. Get out of here. Like, man. for me, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, he's very serious when it comes to the music. Yeah. It's more so like a, uh, you know, fun thing yeah. for me or something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, but. I should I should have should have took it more serious because I think I, my ability, even though I'm even not that skillful, I think I'm actually skillful without the knowledge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe you guys could do something. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. What was it like growing up with your dad? Doing were you perform? Was he performing all the time when you were growing up? Or growing up, it was. I I, I went to. I'm you know trying to go back to that age because yeah. when he was really you know out there in the public like that it was between was i mean that i can recall from 85 to maybe the early 90s you know okay so you're pretty young yeah i was i was really young but i do remember you know going to some rehearsals that he had to do you know i think it was at maybe a school or adult you know and seeing him center or, yeah yeah, and seeing see, him. at that time I was directing choirs at Park Ridge. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And I used to bring my daughter, and she's the one that sings a lot. Yeah. She's professional. Lawanda Lee is her name. At least her stage name, anyway. But if you looked up Lawanda Lee, she sounds like one of them people already out there, but she just hasn't made it yet. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to see if I, did I get what you guys wanted. Yeah. I might get a little bit more, like uh, just a tidbit. A special thank you to Scott Marlowe for all your recording and engineering expertise. When you wish upon a star, it makes no difference. We literally could not have done this without you. Thank you so much to David Jeffries for letting us use Ziggy's as our recording space. Ziggy's is a local music venue located at 206 West Michigan Avenue basically across the street from the downtown Ypsilanti Library. And thank you also to Washington Osler for all of your support in terms of logistics. The songs you heard on this two-part episode include Back to Ypsilanti, Ipsy Dance, Tarnished Love Affair, Ann Arbor's The Place to Be, I Love Detroit, and One God, One World by Lee Osler, as well as Love Affair and We're Gonna Make It by Masterpiece featuring Mr. Osler. Many of these can be found on Mr. Osler's SoundCloud, which is linked to from the webpage for this episode. It can be found directly at soundcloud.com slash ipsymain. That's S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D dot C-O-M slash Y-P-S-I-M-A-I-N. You also heard an excerpt from an interview with Versa May Roach, by A.P. Marshall, who is a major historian of African-American history in Ypsilanti. You can listen to the whole interview, which is linked to on the webpage for this episode. It can be found directly at history.ipsilibrary.org slash oral hyphen histories 
slash versa hyphen roach. That's h-i-s-t-o-r-y dot y-p-s-i-l-i-b-r-a-r-y dot o-r-g slash o-r-a-l hyphen h-i-s-t-o-r-i-e-s slash v-e-r-s-a hyphen r-o-a-c-h. From her interview page, you can also listen to many other interviews from the Ypsilanti District Library's A.P. Marshall African American Oral History Archive. A special thank you to Sam Killian for all his work on the Ipsy Stories webpage. We couldn't do it without you, Sam. A special thank you to local musician Annie Palmer for providing music for this podcast. You can check out more of her music at anniepalmermusic.com dot bandcamp.com. Thank you so much for listening to Ipsy Stories. If you liked what you heard today, please consider subscribing and telling your friends and neighbors about this podcast. You can subscribe to Ipsy Stories wherever you find your podcasts. You can also explore previous episodes with additional resources at ipsylibrary.org slash ipsy stories. If you have ideas or story suggestions, you can get in touch with me at shoshana at ipsylibrary.org. That's S-H-O-S-H-A-N-N-A at Y-P-S-I-L-I-B-R-A-R-Y dot O-R-G. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Thanks for listening all the way to the end of the episode. In our next episode, we'll learn about the history of the 2014 campaign to expand public transportation in Ypsilanti, the state of public transportation then and now, and the power that this work had in terms of connecting the community through movement organizing. We'll be speaking with some of those involved in the 2014 campaign, including Marta Valadez, Tad Weiser, Jillian Reem Gainsley, and Kathy Ball. If you don't want to miss it or other future episodes, you can always subscribe to Ipsy Stories on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and neighbors all about us too. Bye now.